0: Hello, it's Jen, this is Gardening Out Loud, it is Tuesday, July 11th, it's about 7 in the morning, maybe 20 degrees, the sky is blue, just a few clouds. And I'm a little late recording this week because I was away for the weekend where I got to tour some amazing gardens and nurseries up in the Gray County area. If you find yourself Artemisia way, you can have the wonderful shopping experience at Artemisia Daylilies or stop by for the tasting tour at Fiddlehead Nursery, which is a permaculture nursery that specializes in edible perennials which was amazing loved both of them and so my own garden got a little bit neglected this weekend but she's still fine the other reason I'm a little late is that we've had some drama re the fence on the south side of the garden which is your standard chain link fence about four feet high and it's been here since I've lived here and I'm sure much much longer and we got word with about 12 hours notice that our neighbors would be ripping it out and replacing it with a wood fence you might say well chain-link fence is kind of crappy what's the big deal this is a fence that is actually really practical for me chain-link fence lets light through it's great for climbing plants so I grow pole beans and squash and cucumbers up there And I also have a bunch of plants planted near this fence line, my raspberry patch, I have a nine bark, I have my service berries, some other berries in my food forest. I have a big golden yarrow. These are all threatened by the removal of the fence and if construction projects done by my neighbors have taught me anything, it's that plants will be trampled. So, unfortunately as a tenant, I don't have control over this decision And the fence is going to go and it's going to be replaced with this new one. It will probably also mean taking down the two Manitoba maples that I've talked about before. These are other trees that got the jump on us. They weren't here 12 years ago and now they're three to three and a half stories high and they're not my favorite trees. I mean, they're a bit invasive. The female tree drops a lot of like geese and kind of plant material all over the garden. They make a lot of seedlings I have to pull out. And they cast some shade, which I don't always want for production purposes. That said, they also cast some shade, which is good for our well-being. When it's hot and we want to be in the garden, you know, on a summer's day or a summer's evening, There's a little nest in there. They are part of the ecosystem, but at least one of them is also part of this fence and has grown around it as Manitoba maples can do. One of mine has totally wrapped itself around a pole of a fire escape. Like it's just grown to encompass it. And so these, are gonna come down, or at least that's what I think. We have a language barrier, I can't be sure, but uh, I think that's what's happening. And, you know, even though these aren't preferred trees, it makes me sad to see them go They're still a part of this ecosystem. I'm watching a little sparrow perch on one now. And even though this is a podcast that in many ways celebrates change, this is going to be a big change. That is difficult. But if the garden teaches you anything, it's resilience and adaptability. And so... These aren't my choices, but we will continue on. And if any of my climbing beans or my squash or my cucumbers make it this year, we will consider that a big win. By the time I record next week, I expect I will be looking at a different fence. So what else is happening on a less dramatic front in the garden? Well, the first blueberries are ripening. Let's reach in and get one. Oh yeah. Mmm, so firm, so tart. I hate a mushy blueberry. I'm in fact a blueberry snob. And I really only buy blueberries in the farmer's market or have them from my garden if it's up to me. Because otherwise it's just too much of a gamble that you're gonna end up with just mush. And so I am so glad to see the beginning of blueberry season. The first straw flowers are coming up. And that sound, which hopefully the mic picked up, is the sound of running my fingers over their papery petals. Straw flowers are so cool. If you don't know them, get them on Google, check them out. And they last so long in the vase. They are great and you can dry them too. So I love growing them for bouquets. My achinops gave me a really exciting surprise, which is that I finally have grown a blue one. So they come generally in silver or blue and I grew them from a mixed seed pack. And so I didn't know what I was gonna get. And what I kept getting, I usually grew a new one from seed each year and kept adding it was the silver. But it looks like last year's attempt is finally yielding the desired blue, which is really exciting to me. I learned recently that plants like that, like the etchenops or like the sea holly, which starts silver and turns blue, turns blue because bees can see blue really well. And so it helps them with the pollination. I love that. Speaking of bees and blue, the dominant force in the garden right now is the borage it is in fact so dominant that i'm gonna to have to probably rip some of it out which always hard to do because it is such a happy vigorous plant but some of it is kind of shading out some other cut flowers that i also love these self-seed so every year is a surprise in terms of what's going to come up and i've already thinned out a bunch of them but some of them are well up to my ribs that's how tall they are they are covered in blooms And the bees absolutely adore them. I'm watching bees attend to them right now, doing their little vibration moves. I like using them in cut flowers arrangements. I think they look cool there, even though they're a bit unconventional and a bit weird looking. Also, the flowers are edible, and actually the leaves are edible too, but they require some cooking, so I don't bother. Mostly, I just grow them for the bees because they spend so much time there on these little blue flowers and there aren't so many things that make blue flowers so that's a nice element to have the first cosmos are open which is you know a milestone for the garden because as this garden goes on through the rest of the year cosmos will be one of the dominant visual elements because again another self-seater another one that I love to encourage I use it for cut flowers and also bees love it. And also it adds such a beautiful sense of whimsy and movement to a food garden. So I let it grow all around. I try to be tough about it. But if you came here, you would say you are not very tough about this at all. The roses are getting ready for another flush, which excites me. Actually, Desdemona is still blooming now. She's kind of following her own schedule here. That Bascobel, Munstead Wood, they're getting ready to bloom again, which I'm just excited for. I'm excited every time. I can't wait to see my roses again and to drink in their scent. The bush beans are starting to flower, which is great. That means we're not so far out from bush beans. I also, interestingly, still have lettuce I can harvest. Sometimes at this time of year, the lettuce starts to bolt and is too bitter. And this year I didn't have a great lettuce year because some of my winter sown seeds just didn't happen. I'm not sure why, maybe the seed was too old, maybe they didn't have the right conditions. So I had fewer lettuce seedlings to work with and they came later. But I'm happy to say they haven't bolted yet. We had that cooler spring so that might be part of it too. But I've been growing these little dragoon romaine lettuce heads that came from William Dam, and they're really cute. They're like mini lettuce heads. So I have the desire to make like little um kind of like Korean style wraps with them. And I haven't gotten there yet, but I will soon. This is also my first year well, in a very long time growing any kind of broccoli. Because generally, if I'm broccoli takes up so much space and you know for one head it doesn't seem worth it. Um, but this year I'm growing something called aspabrock, and it's a sprouting broccoli and it <laughs> it's had a bunch of aphid pressure so really I need to give it a power wash with the hose but it is making florets. So I'm happy to see that. need to blast off these aphids and then hopefully... It will rally. It's also getting some shade from the borage. (laughs) Uh, But I think it will pull through. In any case, a really fun experiment. Ooh, here is a dahlia that has set a bud. And that is thrilling. This is, I think, the first one to set a bud. Did it not get pinched? Let's see. No, nope, it got pinched. That is an authorized bud. All of my dahlia's, the first stem that comes up gets cut back so that the two side stems can take their place and we get more blooms. This does set them back a little bit, but it ultimately makes a bushier plant. So it requires a little bit more patience, but this guy got the pinch and still has the blooms. I need to do some more tying in of tomatoes. They are having their vigorous growth. I also noticed my first jalapeno pepper in the garden. This guy has not got optimal conditions here. He's got a bit too much shade, but you know what? He still made this beautiful pepper. And so I am thrilled. Okay. I am off to... Pick some raspberries. They're still producing about half a pint a day. And the mulberry tree is still going strong. I've slowed in my own harvesting and need to get back up there, start giving them out to neighbors because I have two full big freezer bags, and the freezer only has so much capacity for mulberries. anyway that's it for me for this week that's where we are goodbye from me and from this little sparrow keeping me company and i will see you next week and maybe there are tales of a new fence to tell take care